The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. The deal is in. This is Stacking the Box. Matt Berteram, Mark Carmen with you. We are recording on Wednesday, March the next. Make that Tuesday, March the 9th. Thank you very much. I know day of the week. Berteram, Dak Prescott got his money from the Cowboys. Were you surprised that they finally came together? Four-year deal, $160 million, max value, $164, guarantees of $126. Dak and the Cowboys and that story and tagging is over. Reaction? I'm not surprised at all, and I have proof of it because a couple hours before that deal went down, I did a Bonus episode with Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football and 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. He does a podcast over on the Ringer Network. And it was really interesting. Like Kyle and I chatted for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And I actually asked him if the Cowboys were to sign Dak Prescott for an annual value of $40 million, do you think they would be able to compete? And he said they will never win a Super Bowl if they do that. Well, about four to five hours later, Dak Prescott signed for $40 million. Now, I also wrote, on Monday morning in the Stack in the Box column, extensively about Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen because they're all intertwined, and we'll get to that in a second. Here's what I wrote. Prescott, 27 – excuse me, I'll start actually here. Of course, circling back to quarterbacks being paid, the one exception has been Prescott. After tagging him once and likely doing it again within the next few days, the Cowboys have a choice to make, either get committed or divorce. Prescott has won a division title on a playoff game. He's thrown for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns in a season. He's a hard worker by all accounts, so on and so forth. And yet Dallas has not signed him. If the Cowboys trade Prescott, it could set off a chain reaction around the league. But ultimately, smart money is always on quarterbacks being paid. So they essentially had to tag in place for Dak as a safety precaution to make sure that they didn't lose him in free agency as they worked to sign him. It was the witching hour for them. If they didn't sign him long-term, $37 million on the tag was going to become very problematic as they went toward free agency. Not saying they couldn't have done it. They would have done it, but they would have had to restructure guys, cut guys, whatever. 
Now they don't have to because this cap hit this year is $22.5 million. So the Cowboys are okay in terms of cap. And now they have their quarterback for the next four years. Do I think he, in a, in a bubble, is worth $40 million? No. Do I think that's his value? Yes, because that's the way the world works in the NFL with quarterbacks. You buried the lead. Were you on 10 questions with Kyle Brandt, or did nope. you bring it? No, he was on our. He was on Stack in the Box. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So you you brought him on and did his ten questions. No, you didn't do that either. Okay. No. So you're just talking about ten questions. You Never literally mind. just host a podcast called Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt. But I had him on. I thought you and did. We talked 10 about questions. MTV, and we <laughs> talked about uh, we talked about football, most things football. Deshaun Watson and 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 uh, Prescott and Russell Wilson and everybody else. So no, he was on talking about that. We wrote a whole article on it uh, as well as on Fanside Carm. Look a lot. I, well, hey, I, there's a lot to follow in this world. Congratulations. Great get. Love it. Good job. Uh, the big thing that you you mentioned a lot there with Dak, and they did a nice job as far as creating some flexibility this year that they would not have had, by the way, if they had tagged them this year. Uh, it would have been huge problems. But the, the, what I, what's interesting from a Dak perspective, a lot more pressure on you now, my friend. Maybe not pressure, but it's, it doesn't get easier for you now that you have your money because maybe you know there's some flexibility this year. But down the line, it's going to be harder and harder to build a team around you. So here's a guy who's, you know hasn't won a Super Bowl, trying to get the Cowboys over the top, has won one playoff game, and it's going to get harder now that he just got paid. Yeah. They're not going to be in a very good spot in the sense that they paid Zeke a fortune which was dumb. Kyle uh, Brandt talked about that yesterday as well, and I totally agree with him. It's the worst contract in football. It's an atrocious contract. And so they overpaid him, and they paid him too early. Now you're in this situation where, look, Dak, I, I, I think the Cowboys were right to sign him and give him $40 million a year. And I don't think Dak is a top-five quarterback. So I know there are people out there who say, well, how could you say both of those things at once? But if you're going to have a good quarterback in this league – you pay based off of what other guys have been paid recently. He was always going to get $40 million. And so I don't blame Dallas for doing it. I think what, what the mistake. The- Snack for good with Ohio-made, all-natural, super tender, charky jerky company beef jerky. Now featuring Killian's Vintage with limited edition packaging designed by 12-year-old Killian, avid golfer, and patient champion, Nationwide Children's Hospital. Now available at select Giant Eagle locations at the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday May 30th through June 4th and online at www.charkyjerky.com. Proceeds of Killian's Vintage benefit Nationwide Children's Hospital and kids like Killian. Cowboys made is they should have signed him earlier. They should have signed him a year or two ago when they could have gotten him for 30 to 33 million a year, right around when Wentz and, and Goff signed. They could have paid him that. Then Mahomes signed. And, and Watson signed, and, and everything went bonkers. And so the Cowboys screwed that up. That being said, they right the wrong at a higher price, and now you move forward. Look, it's like when you could buy a house in an area that's kind of up and coming, and it's maybe $300,000, but the area still needs work, and you don't do it. And then two years later, you really need to move. You have no choice, and you got to move to that neighborhood. Now the house is $500,000. You waited. You took a gamble. And, and the Cowboys lost, but they do keep their quarterback. But I do think it's a struggle for them to win, considering all their other uh, big cap hits. It's like Bitcoin. You could have bought it at 3000 You were worried it was going to go to zero. Then it got to 9000 Like, I should get in at nine. You know what? This is crazy. I can't do nine. Oh, my God. It's at 22 I can't do it. Now it's at 50 and you and 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 maybe it's even going at 200 Right. 
some, some, Hey, listen, they had to do it. They finally move forward. What does this mean for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson? It means good things for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. It just ticked up just a little bit, but they didn't come anywhere close to the Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollar deal. So that remains an outliner, but it does mean more guaranteed money. You would think for Allen and Lamar Jackson down the line. Does it not? Am I missing anything? Well, so now this is where I think it is really interesting. So he gets forty million a year. Okay, one hundred and twenty-six million guaranteed, one hundred twenty-five million guaranteed. One twenty-six. One twenty-six. Okay, thank you. So, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson are all due, or not due, but eligible for extensions for the first time this year because they've played three years in the league. Now they're all first-round picks, so they're all under control. Fourth year, and then a fifth-year team option. So this year and next, and then of course you could tag them and so on and so forth. I take Baker out of this because Baker's not on the level of, of either of the other two guys. He's just not. He's a good player. He's fine. I think he should basically get paid like Ryan Tannehill. He'll probably get like $35 million at some point, and it's going to be an overpay, but it is what it is. Jackson is the fascinating one to me. He is, and this is how agents work. So for anyone out there, this is how this negotiation is going to go. They're going to – his representation, which right now, by the way, is his mother – uh, he does not have a, a full-blown uh, normal, you know, a Todd France, a, a Lee Steinberg representing him. It's been his family. But the representation he has is going to go in there and say he won a unanimous MVP. He is four years younger than Dak Prescott. They have the same amount of playoff wins. He's made the playoffs every year of his career. He has two division titles. Dak has won. His record for guys who have played and started at least 30 games, is the best by win percentage in NFL history. He's going to want $45 million. He's not going to get Mahomes' money because nobody's getting Mahomes' money. Mahomes is on his own level, okay? He is going to want around $45 million a year. Now, will the Ravens give him that? That is a very fascinating question because if the Ravens come back and say anything less than 40, it's insulting. It's insulting. So that, that becomes fascinating. Allen, to me, he's going to get more than Dak, okay? He won more playoff games, won a division. He's been to the playoffs the last couple of years. Uh, he, he was second-team All-Pro this year. He, he's been a monster in Buffalo, at least last year anyway. It was a revelation for him. I would be shocked if Allen doesn't get paid. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jackson, and I, and I think it is the most fascinating subplot of the offseason now that Dak's taken care of. Guys, thank you for listening, but this is an important message. Support for Stacking the Box is now being brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming company. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping. You cannot beat it. So go over to manscaped.com. Check out all their latest stuff, including the Lawnmower 3.0. What's the perfect package? Check it out. It's a can't miss. Manscaped, something if you're a man, you need to be aware of. Again, go to manscaped.com and for the code, it's fansided20. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Ravens are doing anything other than paying Lamar. Um, so, and 
listen, if I'm Lamar and I'm, and I'm Josh Allen to your point here, not that they couldn't afford it before because clearly they could and they can afford it 17,000 times over. But go have yourself a nice dinner tonight. Little, little, little toast. All right, sweet. I, I know I'm, I'm in the 40s at bare minimum here, which right. I just think we like, do we ever actually sit back for a second and think about how much damn money that is? Like, like we hear all the time, well, he's, I mean, he's got to take care of his family. He's got to take care of his family. $40 million in one year is completely and utter insane money. And I get it that they live very large and I'm not, I'm not begrudging any money that an athlete or entertainer or whoever makes um, perhaps CEO is a little bit different, but for somebody who we all pay to watch and sit there in front of the TV and we buy the products, I get it. And it's the hardest country club to get into, but I also feel like we, we kind of miss like, it's just, it's so much incredible money uh, that these guys are making. It's, it's just, it's amazing how much dollars are floating around the NFL today because we love football so much and not just the NFL, obviously any professional sport, really. Well, it's, it's an absurd amount of money, but I think, you know, the leagues are all headed this way. We're seeing this now. Look, if you're a superstar in any of these sports, save hockey, okay? Hockey, these the salaries have not exploded in the same way. But in baseball, if you're a starting pitcher who's, a, who's an ace-like pitcher, you're going to get $30-plus million a year, okay? And in baseball, you're going to get signed for 10 years, all right? Basketball, there are guys making the max now that a, a casual fan would be hard-pressed to even tell you what team they're on. Right. I mean, there are guys yeah. literally in basketball making $40 million a year. You're like, who? What? I mean, the guy is one good year, and it's it's, you know, hey, let's give him the the max, and then and then after that, hey, let's give him the super max. I well, mean, it's it's, it's this it's, it's the it's same. Bonkers. It's it's worse in the NFL. You got offensive linemen making that money that no one has ever paid one dollar to see an offensive lineman do anything ever in the history of the game. Right, no. but they protect the guy who everybody comes to see. Right, and so that's why it happened. Then edge rushers get paid that kind of money because they're going after the guy that you know. So it all factors in, which is why we're seeing corners get paid and receivers get paid. Look, that being said, I do think it becomes an interesting question of at what point here do quarterbacks does the does the market start to flatten a little bit? Because Never. and I, I agree. I think that's kind of my answer, right? Like I, I don't think it ever does as long as the cap keeps going up. The, look, the one thing people have to keep in mind, and we'll move on here. It's all tied. I shouldn't say it's, it's not it's not legally or officially tied or anything to the cap, but these contracts are commensurate to the percentage of the cap that they take up. So it's always like 17, 18% for these top tier quarterbacks, right? Even though the money's going up, the cap is going up with it. And so you're always having this, this push pull. Um, if the cap were to stagnate and for more than just a weird COVID thing, I mean like an actual stagnation, then you would see the money start to stagnate. But as long as the cap keeps going up, I would be willing to bet that within the next 15 years, there's a quarterback who's making a hundred million a year. Sure. Yeah, I know that I sounds the same, but it's going to happen. I, wouldn't, but I would not bet against it at all as guys continue to raise the bar and get better, uh, whatever, more efficient. The money continues to pour in. The gambling space is going to be enormous for every single professional sporting entity. They'll, they'll always figure out ways to make more money. And we as fans, we just don't draw the line. We keep paying more for tickets. We keep watching. We keep doing all of it. So – uh, I right. The salaries that, are going to continue. That to go is up. really the the, and, and and I don't care if this comes off as an old man thing. I I really do feel this way. 
that's the thing I, I kind of is just like from a fan's perspective worry about is the money is getting so nuts to attend a game. And I get it. Look, people pay the money. Teams want to raise prices. I get all that. I think it's a shame, though, for the average family of four. Like, you just can't go to a game. I mean, it's just the prices are so – and, and, look, a lot of that – we don't have to get into this on this show because it's a football show. A lot of that is because the, the standard wage in this country is not raised the way it should have raised over the last 30 years. Um, but, you know, you want to go to a game. Like, if I wanted to go to a football game with my wife, my daughter, um, whatever, let's just say three of us. I mean, it's it's if we're sitting in the upper deck – it's going to cost with parking if it's 350 400 for three of us to go to that game that's correct if you're going to soldier field now if you were going to it's if insane. you if you're going to to a game at arrowhead and you were sitting up top you probably could do it oh uh, not anymore well okay oh you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday yes we did because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them this is jamie from progressive no, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. Not anymore. Right. If you were going to see Carolina <laughs> or Tampa right. or... Sure. Maybe you're getting 50 bucks a pop, whatever. But I mean, it's... No, man, I... I went, I went to Arrowhead a few years ago and decided to just go as a fan. I went with my wife. I said, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the game like I would have before I started getting into this business. We sat in the upper deck. It was 100 bucks. We were way up there. I mean, I just wanted to go and enjoy the game. And it was, now it was Mahomes' MVP year. Um, tickets now are astronomical. I mean, you look at a second – you look at like uh, – what, what do you call it? Second market tickets. I mean, they're five $600. They're sitting in the upper deck in some of these areas. I mean, it's just – it's crazy the amount of money. But you're right. Look, as long as people pay it, teams are going to charge it. And I don't blame them. It's a business. I get it. But I feel bad for the family that just is priced out of season tickets now, that's priced out of even a single-game ticket. Damn, You know to park at Yankee Stadium, it's $100? Yeah, don't don't drive to Yankee Stadium. It's you, insane. You, you take it's the train. It's insane. Uh, the cheapest seats in 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 the NFL right now, by average ticket price, it's not the cheapest seat, is seventy five bucks for Buffalo. That's average. Um, so that factors in the best seats in the house and the worst. Bills, Chargers, Bengals, Jaguars, Browns, Dolphins are the bottom. The top is the Raiders, the Niners, the Patriots, the Packers, the Eagles, the Bears. I said the Texans, but they're actually what is that number seven in the in the league? Seattle, the Giants, the Steelers. Um, I said Carolina, and they're towards the top two. Indies for, it, it, Kansas City is up to uh, 94, but still closer to the bottom than the top. Shoots. Yeah, give it so, time. So, all right, let's 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 move along here as we uh, – and by the way, baseball by far is the best value for your sports dollar, hands down, not even close. Uh, NHL tickets are expensive. NBA is expensive. Baseball, you can still – like White Sox, $5 a ticket on Sunday to sit up top, $5. Um so just, just for the record. All right. So free agency starts on Monday. Some movement obviously happening here. And we're talking about Dak, who uh, was going to be tagged and, and, and whatnot. But uh, 
And what's your biggest – what are you most interested in, Verim? I'm looking at the pass rushers. Like, who – Leonard Floyd had a huge year last year for the Rams. I still think he sucks. If he's not playing with Aaron Donald, he, wow. he's, a, he's a very average player. Um, he, he, there's, there's, he just got huge, huge benefit being on that team. Trey Hendrickson's an interesting name. Uh, to me, yep. from 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 the Saints, who I, I think is, and, and you know Bud Dupree. There's a lot of guys that uh, are going to get paid here, and it's very hard to predict those guys going into a new team what their impact will be. Well, since we've been on the show, it came out that the Lions are not going to tag Kenny Galladay. So with with Godwin getting tagged and the weight continuing on Allen Robinson here, as I assume he gets tagged, but who knows? As we are. Uh, as we record this about four hours from the tag deadline, um, in fact, three hours from the tag deadline. Um, look, Galladay is all of a sudden the premier receiver on the market. Should Robinson get tagged? That's interesting. Um, he's going to have a bevy of suitors, but there's a lot of guys in that tier behind him. Corey Davis, Juju Schmidt-Schuster. Uh, I, I think that to me, you're right about edge. Edge is loaded. Wide receivers also loaded. Wide receiver though, also loaded in the rookie crop, just not true of edge rushers talk some people around the league. And so I think receivers, I think the squeeze is on after Galladay and potentially Robinson. I think the squeeze is on big time. Um, I, there's great value to be had there. I think the edge guys are going to get paid at least the top tier ones. I'll give you an edge guy. And I'm watching all fascinated by his Bud Dupree. The Steelers are not going to tag him because they can't afford to tag him. He comes off a torn ACL that he suffered Thanksgiving weekend. But I'll tell you what, before he got hurt, that guy looked like he was going to be approaching, you know, hundred million dollar type money. I mean, he was playing that level of football, certainly at least 80 million plus. I talked to some people around the league and there's a split opinion. Some people think he's still going to get paid like that. Some people think he's going to have to take a one year prove it deal. I don't know what happens with Bud Dupree, but I'll tell you what, he takes a one year prove it deal. Some team gets him and he's healthy. That's the best value of the entire uh, free agency class. In my opinion. Well, here, let me, let me just read some things to you about Bud Dupree to, slightly refute what you're saying oh you're crazy uh, well okay he's coming out the torn acl there's one he pl- you you would agree that he plays on a very blitz heavy Steeler defense right oh yeah yeah for sure okay so that so that helps him right i what you would think um let's see quarterbacks do pre-faced were last year average a sack rate of of more than seven percent higher than any other qualifying pass rusher matt Bergeram. does that do anything for you his win rate is not great He's 35th out of 46 pass rushers on his win rate, getting beating guys to the quarterback. Just throwing it in there. No, I'm, look, that's all good information. My feeling on watching him and talking to people around the league is early on in his career, he struggled. Two years ago, as in 2019, he was excellent, got tagged. This year is excellent again. The, one, the thing I like most about Bud Dupree, can beat you with speed, but he's also got other moves. He's a monster against the run. He's really good on the edge. And I think he's a guy that and even in a normal non-blitz-crazy like defense, I think he's a guy who gives you 10 to 12 sacks all day. That is a very valuable player. You, look, I'm not trying to make him out like he's J.J. Watt in his prime or anything. But right. do, I think, do I think he's as good as Demarcus Lawrence or Frank Clark or Yannick Ngakwa? Yeah, I do. I do. I absolutely do. Um, and so, in fact, I think Frank Clark's actually a pretty good comparison to him. I think, but you know, Frank Clark's a guy who, in a normal year, is going to get you about ten sacks. He's going to play great against the run. He's going to give you those intangibles. He can beat you a couple different ways. I mean, I think that's about what he is. And Frank Clark got five and one hundred and five. Now, Clark didn't have the injury issue that Dupree does, so that's where this comes. In. Does 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 Bud Dupree get 
a big contract. And he's not going to get 100 million now, but is he going to get a big contract or is he going to get one year and 12 million? He gets that. Some teams will look really smart coming off the back end of it. Where do you think he lands if you had to make a guess? Oh, God. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I just think there's going to be so many teams who are in on all these guys. I, I really do. I, I mean, there's so many teams that have that have a need for pass rush. Buffalo is a team I look at. Kansas City is a team that I would look at. Right. Um, I, mean, I mean, there's just so many. Two-thirds so, of the league. Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, right. I mean, you you know, New England, there's a million teams. Baltimore, if they lose Judon and Ngakwe. Right. Who's yeah. prioritizing what? And to rewind back to where you started with the receivers and Allen Robinson, I mean, it's been widely reported that he is expected to get tagged Correct. before the deadline today. I do think that happens, and I think eventually – maybe even before the draft. I'm not sure on the deadlines and all this stuff, but I think the Bears and Robinson will work out a long-term deal. Uh, sooner, may, maybe not sooner than later, but certainly before the season starts. Whatever, whatever. The, I'm not, again, I'm not quite, I don't have my NFL calendar in front of me on the deadline dates, but I, I do think they'll work something out. They like Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson probably comes to his senses too and, and says, okay, I, I'll, I mean. Guys come to their senses real quick and they're offered a lot of money. Right. Um, well, that, that too. Yeah, that helps. But no, and then lastly, I'll just say this. I do think it's interesting and something to watch. The Raiders just absolutely gutting their offensive line here as they try to get under the cap. And now they're under the cap and they're still making moves. Trent Brown uh, gets traded back to New England where he was before he went to the Raiders on the big deal. Um, Richie Incognito's cut Victor Four over at the Athletic who covers the Raiders says they might resign him for a lower cap hit, so follow that. And then Gabe Jackson gets cut. He is gone. So now it's Rodney Hudson at center, Colton Miller at tackle, and a whole lot of questions everywhere else. The Raiders' strength is their offense, and frankly, that offensive line. So reshuffling the deck here is interesting, but I want to make a quick point. This is what happens when you can't draft and you sign a million expensive free agents because you're a kid in a candy store with $10, and you can't figure out what you want. You just take everything. The Raiders under John Gruden have been a mess, and I get it. Like, John Gruden's fun, and he's Chucky, and they hired Matt. They have sucked out loud the entire time Gruden has been there. They have not had one winning season. They've signed guys to fortunes. They just cut LaMarcus Joyner, another Gruden high, uh, signing who was awful. Nick Kwiatkowski, who they brought in from the Bears last year, he, he did not play a full season last year and was not impressive when he played. Corey Littleton had issues last year, and some of that revolving around COVID, give the man a break there. But he when he played – was not overly impressive. I would defy anybody. Aguilar's the one signing they had that was really good. Now he's going to hit free agency. I, I, I mean, the, the Raiders have not drafted anybody of real consequence outside of maybe John, uh, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, and Max Crosby. And and they have had a million picks coming over from the Mac deal. And they, they also just cut Tyrell Williams, another guy, by the way, who they paid a fortune to. The Raiders has screwed this up. And now a team that's supposedly on the rise now just cut three other five starting offensive linemen and are still trying to figure out all these different cap hits they're going to be eating here. Not good. Not good if you're a fan of the team in Vegas. I love that you brought up Nick Kwiatkowski, who, who um, my Bears postgame show partners, Dan Hampton and Ed O'Bradovich specifically, good old number 87, 1963 world champion, Ed O'Bradovich, who doesn't necessarily get guys' names right all the time. Kiyakowski, he, uh, he was so upset when Kiyakowski 
Flash Kwiatkowski left for the, the Raiders. And um, he, he started out the season playing very well, but definitely tailored off for the record. Quick timeout. Stay with us. You are listening to Stacking the Box. Okay, let's move on here to into the future. And we've been talking about this pretty much every week here, the leagues and the cap figure. Um, and I guess you're hearing in, in the news being reported, 183 million roughly, which is going to have a big time effect. Yeah, so I talked to a GM uh, about this last week, end of last week, who said, look, we can start making moves now. We can start cutting guys tagging guys whatever we got to do because we understand that the cap is going to roughly be about 183 million dollars now i phrased it in a certain way because this cap stuff can change day to day with tv deals and everything else but as of late last week the thought was at least from this gm 183 was about where this thing was going to land i had i have had agents give me ranges from 180 to 185 so 183 sounds sounds reasonable now I'm thinking the cap's going to come out today because the tag deadline is now. I think teams need to know. I have a feeling the teams uh, would also agree with that one GM. They probably have a pretty good idea. So let's make it final. Um, I think it matters. It's important for a lot of these teams who are trying to get to that threshold. And I'll tell you what, if it ends up being 183, you're going to have guys taking a proverbial bath in free agency if they're not top-tier players. A lot of one-year deals, a lot of deals that you're going to go, wow, they got that guy for that amount of money? It's going to happen all over the league. Well, But it's not a huge surprise that it's landing here, is it? Am I missing no. something? No, okay. it's not. It's not. But I think there was hope once the TV deals really got hot and heavy over the last month that they might be able to keep it flat. And if it's 183, it's nowhere near flat. It's $15 million less. And a lot of these teams just – they're not going to have money. They're just not going to have money. You're going to have a lot. I mean, you're still going to have the same amount of guys hitting free. In fact, you're going to have more guys hitting free agency than you normally would because there's more cuts, but nobody's going to have any money. It's, it's going to be very interesting. But everybody always gets creative and they figure out ways to do it and kick the can down the road. It's the way of the NFL. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but if you really want to figure it out, most times NFL teams figure it out. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. But this year is different in this. What you're going to have to do, if you sign a guy to a two-year or three-year deal, the cap is going to be really, really low this year and big the couple of years after, which is fine. That's normal. The problem is going to be if you're trying to sign a guy to a one-year deal, all that money's in one year. That's where the problem is. I don't. You're not those one-year ten million dollar deal. That that ain't happening. Like it's just not. You're gonna what the player's gonna be forced into is either one year like three million. Or two and twelve, but two of it's this year, ten of it's next year, and a lot of it next year is not going to be guaranteed because these teams aren't going to be pigeonholed into paying some guy ten million next year. Just to all the uh, people at Minute Media and fans cited, if you want to pay me huge next year and less this year, I'm 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 in. That's that I I will I will make that I'll deal fit you right. Into the cap. Yeah, but thank you very much. All right, so as we look then a little deeper this off season, do you, I, I guess your theory is that a lot of the good teams may be able to get values that they wouldn't have gotten before. So you can tweak your roster with good players at a discount. And all of a sudden now you've got a playoff team that uh, was on the verge of doing something special who maybe can get pushed themselves over the top in years that they wouldn't be able to do. I.E. green Bay, maybe. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be brief with this. I think teams that are good teams, contending teams, uh, top quarter of the league, they're at a huge advantage this offseason. 
Because if you're, let's say, okay, let's just say you're a receiver and you're not one of the top, top, top guys. You might say, look, I'll take one year and $4 million, $5 million, because that's probably about the best I can get. I'll, yeah, I'll go play with the Packers. I'll go play with the Chiefs. I'll go, I'll go play with Seattle because I'm going to play in primetime half the season and I'm going to have a million catches for a bunch of yards and touchdowns because of who the quarterbacks are. I think you are going to see good teams get these types of breaks because agents will tell you, yeah, it absolutely matters how often you play in primetime. It absolutely matters if you're going to be a playoff team because it gives my guy more exposure. And so, I, I look, I'm not saying you're going to take, you know, 70% of what you could get from another team. But if it's close, yeah, you always see these guys, you know, these veterans players, especially guys. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. I haven't won. Hey, I'll go play for this team because I want to win and maybe get a little exposure and get one more deal out of it. I think you're going to see a lot of that this offseason. Well, plus, aside from the playing in the playoffs and whatnot, you make the right call and go to Green Bay in that situation and put up huge numbers, period. Hope I mean, you might get that big payout. Uh, who knows? Uh what do you who do you think is positioned in in the best spot right now? Make a huge play. So I, I think there's two teams I'm watching. And one of them, well, they're both contingent on quarterbacks, but I think New England and Washington are two teams. They both have a lot of money. Washington has been a place nobody's wanted to go to for years, but Ron Rivera now is there, and that matters. Players want to play for Ron Rivera, and he's the adult in the room now. New England, not a lot of guys always want to go play for Belichick, but they're going to win, okay? They have the third most cap space in the NFL. They are going to use the money, okay? Trent Brown just went there. They can go out and get some of these receivers. I would expect they're heavy on rushers, pass rushers, heavy on receivers, maybe even get into Hunter Henry, who's going to hit the market. My understanding, talking to uh, one source in the league, is Henry's looking for about $13 million a year which would make him the third richest tight end per annual value behind Kittle and Kelsey. I'll be blunt. I don't think he's worth that amount of money. He's hurt too often for my taste, but do I think he's worth about 10 or 11? Yeah, probably. Um, and he might get 13 because there's nobody else out there. Although Zach Ertz uh, is going to get cut or traded. And so he's going to be out there. I've been reporting for over a year now that he was going to get moved. Last year was going to be his last year in Philly because when they started to have extension talks in August, those talks went absolutely nowhere. Um, I think the Pats still are really interesting. The other team, I'd look at the Colts. Colts have some money. They've already gotten Wentz. Um, the one other team, real quick, that actually has some money and already has a quarterback is Cleveland. Cleveland has some money to play with and has the quarterback. Now, they're going to have to extend Mayfield. I don't know what's going on with Beckham, but they've got money. So I, I'd keep an eye on those teams. I, I'm really interested. Hello, New York Jets. What are you going to do here? You've got a great opportunity to do something in the draft. What's going on with Sam Darnold? What's your, what's your play going to be there? Uh, you've, you, there's a lot of guys out there that they could, you know, obviously make a move forward to up, uplift their defense. If they make the right choice with the quarterback going forward, the jets actually could make a, a significant leap here. Not as hard to do when you're at the bottom as far down there, but the jets to me are kind of in an interesting spot here. Uh, and also like, 
how do you, you know, I'm looking at teams on the bottom here, Cincinnati, how are you going to actually, you, you have an, uh, assuming that Joe Burrow comes back and is healthy, you know, how are you going to build that roster around him to make them a, a lot more legitimate? Cause you, you do have, I mean, I I'm, I'm still bullish on, on Burrow being a superstar in this league and Cincinnati, how are you, how are you going to make choices to actually make that thing work and not get him killed like you did last year? Um, speaking of the jets, by the way, what do you think is going to happen with Sam Darnold? We talked about it yesterday. Kyle Brandt says that they'll keep him, or at least he thinks they'll keep him. I think they're going to trade him. I, I just think it's too broken at this point. And you can get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And number two, if you really like any of those guys, you got to take them. Now, if you don't like any of them, you're not in love with them, fine. And keep Darnold. But if they like any of them, to me, I think the Jets have to go and make the move and get a top 50 to 100 pick back for Darnold. And then – Use that to help continue to build around your new rookie quarterback. I think you got a new coach, relatively new GM, who didn't pick Darnold. I think Darnold's out. So who wants Sam Darnold? Bears. See, people people keep saying the Bears, <laughs> right? But it, it's like, are the Bears really going to go after a quarterback who was generally broken in New York and all of a sudden Chicago is the place that fixes guys when you – Certainly didn't help out Mitchell Trubisky in any way. Nick Foles got worse. So, and you've got huge right. pressure on you have to win right now or else Pace and Nagy are getting fired. Like Chicago does no, not make a whole lot of sense I, to me. I, I hear you. Look, I would say this. Um, but who, where does he fit? Like New England? Uh, Bill, yeah, you, you, yeah he, maybe but he never, they'd never send him there. Um, I don't know. I mean, Philly is a backup, like competing, complete, competing with her. Yeah. We'll talk about well, that. And, in a and second. then we got Listen, Jeffrey Luria saying that they, uh, yeah, wanna, I mean, wanna, apparently that there's no, con- which, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, I can see Minnesota saying, hey, you know, we'll bring him in and like he can sit behind Kirk for a year and then that's not bad. You know, I mean, the Saints, that's not bad either. You know, hey, if, if Taysom Hill sucks, say, now look, I'll, but here's, here's one thing I'll say real quick on this. I never understood the Wentz deal other than the fact he has to have a relationship with Reich and everything else. But like from a purely like the way he's played football, he has been awful, awful. And he's getting paid a fortune for years on end. I would much rather have Darnold or Gardner Minshew. Like Ditto. much rather. And I, I, I get killed by people every time I say this. I would much rather have Gardner Minshew on a rookie deal for years than Carson Wentz, who – Let's, re- let's go over this real quick. Got hurt, having a great year. Has never approached that same level of success since. Okay? I don't care that he's going to go back with Frank Reich. But that's fine. Maybe it helps him. But this idea that he's going to go to Indy and be the MVP again is just crazy to me. Like, There's no reason to think that. And then on top of that, he's getting paid a fortune and bitched all day and half the night to get out of Philadelphia when he got benched. And rightfully so got benched. Okay? Like, I, if you said to me, would you rather have that or Gardner Minshew for literally like a 20th of the cost, Gardner right. Minshew all day, who, by the way, his teammates love, like I would take Gardner Minshew. Right. right. That's, that's the thing. And Gardner Minshew is getting no discussion. 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. In on Jacksonville. In, on Jacksonville. Awful. <laughs> a They're sixth. an awful team. Like, I, it's crazy. 
and, and I get it. He's, he's six feet tall. He's not, which is short. He's not super fast. The dude is an accurate quarterback. He has a lot of games where he goes 22 of 25. And to your point, this is a guy who lives with roommates. He's beloved by his teammates. He's like, it almost feels like he could be like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick clone. Like somebody can, he's going to hang in a league till he's 40 and, and have, yeah, like I don't think he's going to be great. Like, like don't get me, I'm not selling him as like an all pro. But like, do, right. do I think he could be Derek Carr at some point in his career? Right. Possible, is it not? Like, I mean, right. it, could he be Ryan Tannehill at some point? Like, I, I mean, I'm, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't get there. But to me, my God, like I, I think he's got a better chance of doing that than Carson Wentz does. And and Sam Darnold, he played on the New York Jets. This was a consensus top five pick. He's 23 years old. In the right situation, somebody can unlock Sam Darnold. I don't think he was, I don't think the NFL was that bad at scouting him. Although maybe they were people that these things do happen. But I think I, he's got talent. I, I I don't think he'd be I don't think he's gonna be great. I think he's got talent. I really do. Yeah. All right, in or out, no free agents get one hundred million dollars this offseason. We're obviously not including Dak in that. Um, so what do you think, Verderam? 100 million. Uh, yeah, no, Dak not included, obviously. These guys should get yeah. to the market. I think it's possible if Shaq Barrett gets to the market. Because now the, the Bucks have tagged Godwin. So if if Barrett gets to market, he would have a shot. Like I, I could see him getting that that five and a hundred type deal. I, I could see that. I don't know that anybody else gets there. You know, I thought about this. Like if, if Robinson, if, if Robinson got to the market, would he get that? No, I don't think he does. Like he's, he's really, really good, but I don't think he gets that, especially in this climate, which is another thing you got to factor in. Like Trent Williams is probably the, you know, he, well, not probably, he is the best tackle, but I don't think like he's, he's 33. He's not getting a hundred million dollars. No way. Galladay's really good. He's not getting that. Barrett to me is the only guy I think has a shot at that. And Gakwe, I think could have maybe if he had hit the market a year ago, not now. Um, yeah, Barrett's it for me, and that's a maybe. Did you mention Leonard Williams, who's also not getting a hundred million? He, Leonard Williams, you're right. He's great, but he's not getting that. No way. And and neither is. Did Brandon Scherf get paid yet? Did I miss that? He didn't. Uh, probably going to get tagged, but even he's a guard. Like none of these guys. Right. Like like right. Barrett to me is the only one who has a real legitimate. He could get there. Yep, I, I would agree. But Tampa and you're 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 going to not allow that to happen. I would think. Come on. I mean, did anybody watch the Super Bowl? Uh, the Saints. I think it'd be crazy. I think yeah. it'd be crazy. Yeah. The Saints should just blow it up and fix the cap in or out. By the way, I, I'm I'm uh, no free agents get 100 million. I'm in on that. No, the Saints should just blow it up and fix the cap in or out. I'll, I'll start on this with Verb. Depending on how the quarterback wheel spins and Dak staying in 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 Dallas, uh, not nobody really expected him to move, but that was a blow because there was at least a little bit of thought process that perhaps you could start seeing some things spin around if, if for some reason the Cowboys went, went crazy. Um, but it, in the case that, like, somehow Seattle finds someone, just decides to deal Russell Wilson, which would be crazy. Pete Carroll, you've lost your mind. I, I could see, like, a quarterback spinning to New Orleans other than Jameis and or Taysom Hill. But other than that, uh, this is a long answer to, yes, I'm in. They should blow it up and fix the cap. I'm in on it. 
like I, I get it. I get the whole like, well, you know, there's still a talented team. Who's your quarterback? Like, and, and don't start Taysom Hill. Like, look, he's fine. He's he's fun. Taysom Hill's not winning the Super Bowl. Okay. And now guess what? Now you're the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins because you're in the you're in a division with Brady, who I, I honestly am starting to think might play at least fifty. Like I, I really think we're approaching the point where you start looking at him and going, "Is he ever going to retire? Is he ever going to stop playing?" Um, if I were the Saints, I would be looking at, okay, can we trade Michael Thomas for a couple of good picks? Can we trade some of these other guys for a couple? Of, can we trade Kamara before he goes off the cliff? Like, now you'd have to eat a lot of cap. I get it, but you're you're already paying a fortune. Um, and I'm not even saying it has to all happen now, but within the next 18 months, I'd be thinking about it. Because to me, they that team more than any has pushed so much money down the road. You're you paid for it at some point. It's coming. And they have just been going and going. I mean, they're literally at some points in this offseason 80 plus million over the cap. I, I would I would consider, yes, mostly blowing it up and, and trying to, to reset financially. Two to go here. Smart move by Philly and Jeffrey Lurie, specifically their owner. Hey, Howie Rosen, we are uh we are turning the franchise over to Jalen Hurts. That's right. In or I out. I think it's dumb. Like, why? I, I, look, and, and not because I don't like Hurts. I actually think he's interesting. But why come out and say that? Like, just like, let teams think you might take a quarterback. You know, let, let teams think that. And then, hell, maybe actually evaluate and think about it. I talked to a source around that team uh, who would certainly know um, you know, some of the thought processes go on in that building. And I was told right after the Wentz trade, yeah, they're still absolutely open to taking a quarterback at six. And, you know, they like Hurts, but they're not, like, over the moon sold on him yet. It seems like Laurie's just coming in hot for no real reason here. Like, I don't get it. What What is I the upside he, of doing that? I don't know. It's To me, it's like a safe face, Carson. We've got this guy, and there's a reason why. It's this very bizarre. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Listen, uh, since when has Jalen Hurts earned, uh, he's our franchise quarterback. If you like somebody at six, I mean, if they don't, okay, cool. But if you, but like, let, let, let's keep the mind open here. And, 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 and maybe even if you don't like somebody at six, maybe you can even move up to number two. Hey, we'll give you the six and Hurts. We want to come up to two. I would, I doubt that's enough, but if you really like someone, maybe you would consider doing something like that. I think you gotta, uh, be open to what is possible if you're Philadelphia. And maybe the best thing is Jalen Hurts, but just saying, like, this is our guy seems a bit absurd. The Jaguars should entertain someone other than Trevor Lawrence. I'm out on this, and it's interesting that you're putting him in there. Are you down on Trevor? No, I'm out as well. But I've seen people say, well, you know, they should talk to Zach Wilson and really, really consider him. They Stop. Like, you know, sometimes people have this thing in life where it's like here on one side of the table is a million dollars. On the other side of the table is a box thoughts. And you will have people sit there and look at the box and be like, you know, there could be a million and one in there. There could be like, take the, the million dollars, just take the damn money. And with, with Jacksonville, you hear these people like, well, you know, they might be thinking about this guy. They not, it's lying season. There's a lot of smokescreen crap, whatever. I get all that. But I'm just saying, you hear that stuff. Like, well, you know, they might be looking. They really like Zach. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Like, this is not where everyone's like, well, they're all equal. They're not all equal. One guy has been 
like predetermined as a number one pick here for the last three years. Okay. And wins every game he's ever in. And now you're thinking about the guy at BYU. Like not, and Jack Wilson might be great, but like you take Trevor Lawrence here. You don't even think about it. You take Trevor Lawrence. What's the movie with the blue and the red pill and Lawrence Fishburne and no idea, but I'm sure it's an accurate... Uh... Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for Sports Stuff You Definitely Could Not Do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play-calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company Affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Bailey, you know what I'm talking about? You can jump on here. Um, I feel like he definitely does. But we're, like, like the, you're, you can choose this path in your life or you can choose that path. You're, you're, if we're talking just in football terms, hey, you can draft the guy who threw 28 touchdown passes and two interceptions and, and beat Alabama in the national championship game. Or you can roll the dice on the guy that you think might even be better than that and draft the dude who went eight and five at North Carolina and, and lost in the Sun Bowl to who they lost to. You, you, you draft Deshaun Watson, you idiot. You don't take the this. You don't draft Mitchell Trubisky because you think you're the genius in the room. So it's the same thing here with Trevor. You you don't you don't let's let's not get crazy. You you take the no consensus one, best player. No one's getting fired for taking Trevor Lawrence, no matter how it plays out. Everybody's it's, getting fired if you pass on Trevor Lawrence and and Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones ends up being the pick and and becomes. I don't know, uh, Baker Mayfield, okay? Like, everybody's fired. It's Trevor Lawrence that goes to the Jets and becomes what everybody thinks Trevor Lawrence is going to be. So you can't you can't pass on him. The movie that I wasn't thinking of after my search is, is, is The Matrix. I, I knew it wasn't. I just, for some reason, was afraid to say it. All right, Varem, good stuff. Good to be with you today. Thank you for listening to Stacking the Box. We really, really appreciate it when you – uh, give comments and or a rating five stars always the most appreciated but hey if you hated this podcast you can say that too but we appreciate you listening nonetheless uh what's going on in, in your world matt Bertram? i've got a i've got a i got a tennis thing for you today if you, if good you, I'll, you, I'll tell you what's going on it's 61 degrees i went out and got my mail in in, in flip-flops okay it's it's gorgeous the 18 feet of snow we were buried under is, is now melted off my property. There's only a tiny little bit left on the end of the driveway. It'll be gone, I'm sure, by the end of the day. Um, it is wonderful. I'm so glad. Uh, I'll tell you what, a couple weeks ago, man, it was rough. I had a little bit of like a time. I was like legitimately just kind of down because the weather sucked. Um, tons of snow, bitter cold up here in, up in, in Illinois. And then on top of that, uh, you know, COVID and everything else. Now it seems like all, all corners being turned. We got we got daylight savings here on Saturday. I'm happy about that. We got uh, snow melting and the, and the temperature rising. We got vaccines out the wazoo. It seems like maybe by Memorial Day weekend here, we'll, uh, we'll be in a spot here to pretty much live our lives. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. Things are good. Worm is turning. All right. Tennis etiquette for me on, on the on – the leaving the podcast and for him, you might not know this, but when you play tennis in a public tennis facility at your local park and you're walking onto the court, 
and somebody on the court in front of you is playing, you wait for the point to finish before you walk across. Do you follow this when you walk in the tennis court? Now that you ever walk in the tennis court, would you know to do that? I, I did not, but it's also because I've never played tennis outside of like gym class in high school. Right. So, so for the people just like you who've never played tennis outside of gym class, you wait for the point to end just because you're behind it. You are interrupting. Now where I'm a hypocrite on this vertebram, if I walk onto the tennis court and I see you playing somebody else who only played tennis in high school, I don't care because you're so bad that I just, I just straight dog my own rule here so you, Honestly, have, you should it, hit some, you should hit those people with the tennis racket right like well no no i think it's great that you're learning the sport but you have not no earned, no no, no. Have, they're taking up court time <laughs> right that's true you don't get to you should you need to play between the hours of 6 a.m and, and, and 8 a.m on a monday through thursday yeah. you're not even even you know saturdays and sundays you're out um so Yesterday, I, I I just was like, I get so mad when people walk on. Do 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 you not see that I'm playing here? Do you under, do you understand this is a legitimate match? This is the U.S. Open right here. But then I do this. But then I see somebody who can't play, and I'm like, ah, fuck you. I, I just, excuse me. I maybe, just I, maybe they think that about you. I man, that's true. That's the other thing. Like which is it, which is a disrespect. And that'd be fine. Like if John McEnroe walked through my court, if, if Rafa walked past or even a college level tennis player looked at me like, eh, you stink. I I I could accept that. But then, but the weekend guy who who can't do anything, and you walk past, no, I can't accept it. So I'm not. Hey, listen, I I have never seen you play tennis, but I've heard that you're quite good. To be fair to you, I I just uh, eh. I'm just I'm just throwing out the no, devil's advocate. I, I, I'm a very I'm 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 a decent I'm an okay player. I'm nothing nothing special here. How like fast I, that serve, Carmen? Don't tell me you don't know. Oh, I have no idea. But I and I, and, I, and see that's that it's the serve is is. It's it's not the speed at, at when you get to your forties, Vertram. It's where where how accurate is it? How often do you put it in there? Can I serve it consistently to your backhand? Because you're because you, you you're not very good on that side. Uh, that, I am that, always amazed. I don't play tennis. Like I said, I, re- I mean, really, I have probably played like twelve times in my entire life, and not, I and played is a strong word. Um, but I do like watching the majors, and I am always blown away. When you know you get a good volley, it doesn't matter, men's or women's, although I guess even men's in some regard for this, just because of the sheer speed of it. But like guys will be going, you know, a couple of right-handed players, a couple of forehand shots, and some guy just squares up and just ropes one like down the down the line. And you're like, there's no way in God's name I'd be able to square the ball up. And like it's not like you're just directing it. I mean, just rip it off the chalk down the line, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I like what, like how, how, and God, especially backhanded. That that even blows me away more." I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a, a YouTube click that's 90 seconds long of a practice point that I want you to watch after this podcast that you'll enjoy. These guys are, comp- I mean, Roth is just completely and utterly insane. Um, all right. Good stuff today. Congrats. Uh, the NBA All-Star break came through. Your Knicks got a lot of discussion. And uh, we're looking forward to the second half of the season. So we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get a Knicks uh, check in here on what's going on in the coming weeks. Thank you again for listening to uh, Stack of the Box. Verderam, good to be with you. Enjoy the Minute Media Summit. I know you got a big afternoon coming up here. Absolutely huge. Can't wait. Take there care. We we'll see you guys. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.